Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. I want to begin this episode by wishing you a very happy new year. I hope that 2021 is off to a fantastic start for you. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into a couple of elements that were mentioned on the last episode, which was on property taxes. We're going to take a, a deeper look at the Save Our Homes cap, portability, and the homestead exemption, and how these features can save homeowners money on their property taxes. While I help people spend an inordinate amount of money purchasing properties, I love being able to help homeowners save money, whether it's on property taxes, insurance discounts, any way that I can help a homeowner save money, I love to do it. And so this episode is all about ways that you can save money on your property taxes. So we are going to begin by going to the property appraisers page. And I'm going to share my site here. And I'm going to start on at Save Our Homes because um, Save Our Homes is a critical piece in helping homeowners save money on their property taxes. What is the Save Our Homes cap? Well, in 1994, legislation was voted on that capped the amount the assessed value of property values could increase for homeowners with the homestead exemption. And that increase is capped at 3% or the consumer price index whichever is lower. And so if you want to look at the history of what those increases have been since since this legislation went into effect, you can see here over the course of history that 3% was put into effect only six times since 1995, with the last or the most recent being 2012. The least amount or the lowest increase that property owners have seen was a tenth of a percent, which was in 2009. Last year in 2020, the consumer price index went into effect, so it was less than 3%, and uh, uh, property taxes rose 2.3%. So now that we have seen how the assessment cap is applied to homeowners with a homestead exemption. We're going to take a look at this example on how the cap works when a property sells. So in this instance, the homeowner in the column on the left, the just value for the property is $150,000. And the assessed value is $97,000. And why there's such a, a large gap, a 53 thousand dollar delta is because the homeowner had owned the property for a number of years and had been reaping the benefit of that Save Our Homes cap. In addition, 
they have the homestead exemption, which lowers that value by 50000 So their taxable value was only 47000 Now this owner sells the property. The new buyer will have the um, numbers that are in the second column. So for this instance, the just value increased to 160000 When property changes hands, ownership, um, that cap effectively resets. So what was a $97,000 value for the previous homeowner resets to the just market value of 160000 Because this owner does have homestead exemption, they do get the $50,000 reduction, which their taxable value is lower to 110000 Then you multiply that times the millage rates, and you get the property tax that that homeowner will pay. In year two, the Save Our Homes cap applies. So for this example, the assessed value increased by the 2.3% increase that was applied in 2020 for this example. So the assessed value increased from $160,000 to $163,040. They still have the $50,000 reduction for the homestead exemption, and their taxable value increased by $3,680. So it went from $110,000 to $113,680. So that shows how the Save Our Homes cap um, applies when the um, property changes hands. And as you can see, in the paragraph above the table, it says that if millage rate for the fictitious property was 23 mills, the previous owner would have paid $1,242, whereas one year later, the new owner would pay $2,691. And that is more than 100%. So these taxes for the new buyer would more than double because of that cap resetting. And if you don't take that into account when you are purchasing because the title company is using for proration the current owner's tax rate. They're not calculating what the taxes are going to be. So you definitely want to make sure that you are using the tax estimator for your year one so you know you have a, a good estimate of what your taxes are going to increase to because as in this example and in a couple of examples that I'm going to show you, those tax values could jump 100, 200 large percent. And you want to make sure that you are prepared um, if and when that happens. So portability. What is portability? Portability allows a homeowner to take that delta that we saw, the $53,000, and port or transfer that benefit to a new home. So if you are the, that previous homeowner and you go to buy a new home, you can port that difference and it will be applied to your property taxes. And I will give an example so that you can see what exactly that looks like. That feature when it became effective in January of 2008. 
ago, 13 years ago. And with portability, if a homeowner is upsizing, meaning that they are buying a property with a higher value, higher just market value, then the homeowner can port over the full benefit. So in the previous example, that would be $53,000. If that buyer, however, would be downsizing, then they would only be able to port over a prorated amount. And again, later in this episode, we'll show you what that looks like and how that's calculated. There is a time limit to being able to port over that portability benefit, and that is two tax years from the January 1st of the last qualified homestead exemption. And uh, there's only one tax year with no homestead exemption that is permitted in order to transfer over the Save Our Homes benefit. And just like homestead exemption, the application for portability must be submitted before March 1st. And um, in a little bit, we'll go to show where you can apply for portability as well as where you can apply for the homestead exemption. So now we are going to move over and talk a little bit about the tax estimator and what assumptions that estimator uses when you are going to estimate what your upcoming taxes are going to be. So the estimator, again, it may not be 100% accurate, but it will give you a good estimation of what you can anticipate for your taxes um, once the new year starts um, and you're in your new home. The estimator is based on the following assumptions. One, this is valid for real property only. It is not an estimator for tangible personal property. Two, it assumes the just market value at 86% of the purchase price, or if you put in a specific address, it will use the current just market value that the property appraiser's office has on file. And it assumes that no uh, improvements or no physical additions have been made to the property. It assumes that the purchase is a qualified arm's length transaction and reflects typical market conditions. That means it's, it's not going to be accurate necessarily if you get a family discount from a family member. Let's say you, you purchase a home from a family member and they give you a price that is far lower than typical market conditions, or if you bought a distressed property that were not reflective of market conditions. It assumes if you are utilizing the homestead exemption feature, it assumes that you are in fact eligible for that benefit, but it does not guarantee that you will get the benefit. So you have to file, you have to file by the deadline, and you have to meet certain criteria in order to be eligible for the homestead benefit. And if it is including the homestead benefit for the estimation, it either includes it 100% or 0%. It will not show any partial homesteads. And there are some situations where people do have partial homesteads. Again, the maximum portability benefit a homeowner can get is 500,000. And if you as a homeowner 
qualify for additional exemptions, such as any of these listed here or any others, it won't calculate those. So those will not be reflected in the tax estimated. And it does utilize the most recently certified millage rate for all of the taxing districts in the county. And um, the portability calculation assumes that a qualified homestead existed as of January 1st of that tax year. And then finally, the non-ad valorem assessments are based on those most recently assessed. So those could increase or decrease in the next tax year based on the trim notice and what is voted on. But it does give you a good ballpark. So now we're going to go on to an example. And in this example, the subject property, we don't know we're not putting in a specific address. That's why the parcel and the address show as unknown. In this specific example, the buyer is not going to have a homestead exemption. They're going to be purchasing in the Gulfport Tax District. And they're going to be purchasing a home for $2.5 million. So this is calculating that 80% or 86%. And so the estimated just market value is 2.15 million. Again, they're not using the portability, they're not getting the homestead benefit. So their estimated assessed value is going to be that just market value. This is that situation where that cap resets. And their estimated taxes are going to be 40,000 $142. Now let's say the same scenario, only this time the buyer is going to take advantage of filing for homestead. So again, taxing districts as Gulfport, purchase price is the same, estimated just market value is the same, assessed value is the same. However, this time they get the exemption amount, which is reflected here under exemption amount under the estimated ad valorem taxes. And their taxes decrease by $773 to $39,369. So you get a little bit of a savings for having the homestead exemption. The third example is we have someone, again, making a purchase in Gulfport, not sure where, but the purchase price is $2.5 Only this time, someone is porting over uh, using the portability benefit. And their prior homesteaded property is 6204 Pasadena Point Boulevard. I happen to know that these owners have owned this property since 1998. So they have been able to utilize the Save Our Homes cap for nearly the entire time uh, the legislation has been enacted. And as you can see, they are going to be able to use the full capped amount. The just market value of that property is $1,712,679. And the assessed value is $1,081,339, which is an, a difference of $631,340. And you remember that the cap, uh, the portability benefit is capped at 500,000. 
So even though the assessment differential is in excess of that 500,000, the benefit is going to be capped at that 500,000. But what does that mean for this buyer? In this instance, this buyer gets the full $500,000 portability benefit and the homestead exemption, and their taxes are going to be $30,034, which is 25% of what the first two examples are going to be paying. As you can see, that's a significant savings for that property. However, I say that, but if you are buying and you were to assume this home was on the market and you saw what the current owners are paying in their property taxes and you assume that you're going to be paying the same amount, you would be in for a big shock because the current owners paid or their taxes were $19,416.60 for the 2020 tax year. And if they paid, which they did, by the first tax date, they saved 4% and paid $18,639.94. So even if someone comes in and purchases this home, and they pay $2.5 million, and they port over the full amount, the taxes on this property are going to increase by 61%. If someone comes in and they purchase and they don't have the portability benefit, and they're not going to be homesteading the property, the taxes increase by 115%. So as you can see, this estimate, you definitely want to use the estimate so that you can get an accurate depiction of what your property taxes are going to be. So let's do a couple of examples live. We'll go back to the property appraisers page. How do you get to the tax estimator? Well, if you go to the menu, you can see it's right under the exemption saver homes and portability tab. So you click on the tax estimator and in this example, I'm going to show what it looks like if we put in a specific address, because in the previous examples, it was just pure speculation, just choosing the taxing district. And we're going to show what it looks like for a home buyer that is upsizing, what it looks like for a home buyer that is downsizing, and what it looks like for a home buyer that is not using the portability benefit. So in this case, there is a property that's currently on the market, and that is 710 East Lake Drive in Tarpon Springs. It is currently on the market for $3,150,000. So let's just say for this example that the buyer pays the full list price. And in this instance, um, it's the buyer from the example that I used, and they're going to use their full portability benefit. So we will put in that property address again. And as you go down the list, you see that the steps change from a red X to a green check mark, saying that it's good to go on to the next. You hit submit, and here you are.
so the buyer would be paying an estimated $42,153 for year one when they purchase this property, provided that they are porting over the full capped amount and they pay the purchase price of $3,150,000. In this example, because this property is in the county and because it utilized the data on this home in the property appraiser's data, the current just market value came from the roll, meaning that this does not reflect 86% of the purchase price. It used the data from the property appraiser's page. And in this instance, this home does have a non-ad valorem assessment. And again, this was based on 2020. And that number may go up or down depending on uh, what happens with the trim notice and how the budgets are um, finalized. So in this instance, this is an example of a homeowner upsizing and being able to port over the full maximum benefit of portability. Now I'm going to show an example of someone downsizing. So same homeowner for Pasadena Point, this time they're going to downsize. And let's say we don't know the exact area or the exact address, but we're going to pick the same taxing district. Only this time, instead of purchasing 3.15 million, it's going to be 900,000. And yes, they are going to port over their benefits, same property address as last time, and we're going to hit Submit. And so here you can see instead of being able to port over the capped amount of 500000 they are only able to port over the prorated amount of $285,317. Now, what does that mean in terms of their taxes? So their taxes are going to be approximately 8,351 for 2021. How did they get to this prorated number? Well, if you hover over prorated, this box shows up and it shows you the calculation. Because the home value is of the new home is lower than the prior home, they are prorating the portability. And how do we know that? If you look up here, the estimated just market value which here is 86% of the purchase price because we didn't put in a specific address. So that just market value is $774,000, which is less than the just market value of their current uh, homesteaded property or previous you know, the property that they're selling. And so the calculation for that proration is they take the new, just market value divided by the previous just market value and multiply, multiply it by the assessed differential that the homeowner previously had. And that's how they come up with that prorated amount. So now we're going to look at, um, I did show you 
here what it looks like. Um, this is the property that we looked at. And if you look here, this green bar says assuming no ownership changes before January 1st. Right before that, homestead use percentage is 100%. So this homeowner is getting the full benefit of the homestead exemption. In this example, you can see that this is a um, multi-unit property. And this happens to be a fourplex. But the homeowner does occupy one of the four units. And so here, you see that the homestead use percentage is 57%, whereas the non-homestead use percentage is 43%. So they're not getting that full 100% homestead benefit because they're not occupying the entire property. So I hope that gives a little insight into partial homestead exemptions. And again, if you go to exemptions, you can get a lot of information behind when you would qualify for different homestead exemptions and what is needed to qualify. So we will go to the exemptions page. Again, here you can see a lot of information on what is required in order to get the homestead exemption. If you want to file for that homestead exemption, you could click on here on File Online and it will take you over to the application. If you want to find out if you are eligible for additional exemptions, you can see there are additional exemptions outlined here above. You simply just need to click on the exemption and then it has the qualifications on what it takes to qualify for that exemption. If you have any questions, they have contact information where you can call to ask your questions to find out if you do, in fact, qualify for that exemption. And where can you go to apply for these exemptions? So again, if you scroll up, you can click on the file online. It will take you to the application directly from that. Or if you are in the page for a property, you can click on file for homestead exemption directly from the property page. And it will automatically include um, the address for that. And then it, you know, walks you through that application. Another place that you can go to um, file for the homestead exemption is on this box on the home page, which is the e-file homestead exemption. And if you file but you haven't yet found out what your status is, you can click on the homestead exemption status to find out what the status of your application is. And then finally, if you want to email um, the property appraiser's office or reach the exemptions department, you can fill out this form and you can ask for information. They are, um, also uh, scheduling video conference meetings if 
know you don't feel comfortable going in person, um, you, are, you do have the capability of scheduling a video conference meeting. So if you have any questions about taxes, this page is a wealth of knowledge. It talks about the exemptions, as I showed you, the Save Our Homes cap, the portability benefit, the tax estimator. It also has an example of the trim notice. And I did talk about the trim notice in the previous um, podcast episode. The trim notice comes out in the fall, and this is an example of a trim notice. So what happens is in the fall, let's say in, I believe, August, the trim notice comes out. The tax bill does not come out until November. So this will give you an estimate of what you may, what your taxes may be in a couple of months. It will show you here what you paid for last year's, last year's market value, the, the capped value, and the taxable value. It will show you um, this year what you um, are paying. And this will show you the most you would pay if the proposed budget changes are adopted. They may not be adopted, or some of them may be, and some of them may not be. But this will say, okay, this is the most you're going to pay, and this is what you paid last year. It will also give you information on, you know, applied assessment reductions and exemptions that you have. And it will give you information on the budget meetings for the different entities. So if you want to, Voice your opinion on where budgets should be because there will be public hearings before each budget meeting um, or before each budget vote. The date of the hearing, the date and time and location will be part of the trip notice as well as a phone number for that taxing authority. So I hope that this um, podcast has been informative and that you are able to use some of the information and lower your property taxes. Uh, I do want to say that this does work. Um, I can show you an example um, of a text message that I recently had with a customer of mine. She had just sold a property and was moving into a new property and was not aware of the Save Our Homes portability benefit. And by utilizing that benefit, even though she had only been in her home a couple of years prior to selling, she was able to save nearly $300, which equated to 10% of her property taxes for next year. And what I like even more about this was I shared this um, screenshot with some family members and friends and a family member in another state took it upon herself to see if they had anything similar to the portability benefit in her state, and sure enough, they did. And so a simple text um, helped a family member save up to $375 on their property taxes. So this is one thing I love about having this podcast is having the ability to share information, help people 
help people put their hard-earned money back into their own pocket. And I hope that you are able to do that with this episode. So with that, I'm going to say good night. And I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. If so, and you found it informative and beneficial, please share with people that could use this information. And uh, please feel free to reach out to me if you have any um, ideas for an episode that you would like featured on the Selling St. Pete podcast. And thank you so much for listening and or viewing. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPeteFL.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com. Thank you.